Before we start, I would just like to say that there is some distortion on this recording because I was out of recording studio. So I do apologise for that, but I do believe it is still listenable. Thank you. Welcome to the Dementia Well FNQ and our series on everything dementia. Today I'm talking about what happens at the doctors when you have noticed the signs and think it may be dementia. But firstly, I want to recap on a couple of things that we have learned along the way so far. We know that dementia is a set of signs and symptoms that are arranged into groups for diagnosis like Alzheimer's or vascular dementia. We know that it gets worse as the disease progresses. We know that at this point there is no cure and we know that it is the leading cause of death in women in Australia and the second leading cause of death in men in Australia. So with this in mind I have a few questions to ask the doctor at the visit. Firstly, is it important to get an early diagnosis and what tests are involved in that? Secondly, is there a medication that they can take? Does it stop the dementia from progressing? What exactly does it do? And third, if there are three stages, how long does each stage last and when do I actually need to get help? To help me answer these three questions, I have a special guest Dr O'Reilly, who has a general practice here in Townsville and visits several aged care facilities in Townsville. Welcome, Dr O'Reilly. Good morning, Neil. Before we actually answer these three vital questions, I have just read that according to the Alzheimer's Disease International, there are over 50 million people worldwide living with dementia in 2020. This number will almost double every 20 years so that by 2050, there will be 152 million people living with dementia. That's a scary statistic. With dementia being on the increase, I was just wondering if the increase has been reflected in the patients that you have seen at the medical centre. Is it on the rise here in Townsville? It certainly is. 20-something years ago when I started practice, most of my elderly patients I was treating for strokes and heart disease. And now that's overwhelmingly dementia and care needs in the community. So that's definitely changed my practice. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? Mm. Okay, so is it important, though, to get an early diagnosis? There are certainly many things that we can initiate right at the outset to help prolong the deterioration of dementia. So if we can pick up when there's just early memory changes, then... We can instruct people towards the Mediterranean diet, which is shown to slow the progress of dementia. Um, We can motivate them to do different brain activities and puzzles and exercise. Oh, that's brilliant. We actually spoke in episode six about purposeful movement and how important that was. And I'm glad you mentioned the diet. We haven't done anything on diet yet, but I did read that um, they've done studies in Australia just recently and connected high cholesterol levels with dementia. So obviously the Mediterranean Mediterranean diet will hopefully bring down that cholesterol levels. And I think it's also the antioxidant, the higher antioxidant levels in the Mediterranean diet that helps regenerate the brain So there's a lot of things that we can do then to help with our cognitive function. Indeed. It's not easy to change to a Mediterranean diet. It's very different. We certainly have generations that will come through on multicultural diets. They'll have curries and Indian 
mm. Asian foods, so changing over to a Mediterranean diet is not as easy as it sounds. Right. Well, that's interesting. I'll have to look into that one. <laughs> um, so what sort of tests are involved in getting that diagnosis? So initially we are going to do some a baseline memory test and see where that's sitting, and often that is 30 out of 30 or 29 out of 30. So when somebody comes and complains to their memory, their initial screening memory test is often quite good. Is that because they're putting on their best behaviour because they're at the doctors and they're really concentrating hard, do you think? That, that's part of it. They know what day it is because they've made the appointment, mm. so their orientation is quite good. And basically they still have their skills in maths and, and some memory will usually only pick it up in the short-term memory that may be a point down and that's all. Right. So what do you, So that could be anything. That could just be stress. Short-term memory is probably one of the initial problems with dementia and what the families will complain, that they've asked the same question five times today. Um, they've asked what day it is ten times in the last 15 minutes. It's that not remembering the answers to the questions. Right. But that's not a diagnosis in itself. <clears throat> and you wouldn't say, yes, this is dementia. So what makes you think it is dementia? What takes you down that path? So after we do the screening test, we'll then do some blood tests on a patient um, looking for other causes of memory impairment. And that can be anemia, vitamin B deficiencies, iron deficiencies, um, kidney dysfunction. Uh, we also check for uh, hepatitis and HIV can affect memories. And we also check for sickness. Right. So because even in Australia... In the 21st century, we still have cases of tertiary syphilis. Right. Well, that's interesting. Didn't know about that one. <laughs> After the blood tests and a urine test for a urinary tract infection, if nothing shows up, we'll do a brain scan, and that can alert us to whether there have been lots of mini-strokes that the patient's not aware of, um, and that can lead on to a diagnosis of vascular dementia in the end. But if there's many strokes there, we'll want to investigate, investigate cholesterol levels and get their cholesterol levels down as low as possible to prevent any further damage to the brain. Right. And that's um, interesting because I was just thinking one of the reasons why you would go to visit the doctor early is because it could be one of these other diseases or infections that can be cleared up really quickly with just a set of antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then we would just fix up what we can and retest the memory and see how, how they go for they are and hopefully it improves. Oh, yes. brilliant. So don't be scared, people, of going out and seeing the doctor early. It's very important. Okay, so our next question is, if we have got dementia, what medication, I know that there's a medication out there that we can take, what does that do and how does that help? So currently there's three medications available in Australia to help improve the memory and the brain function. They are improvers, not cure, so it keeps your memory function at the level or a little bit higher than what it is when you start the medication, and that's important because it allows you to stay at home, and it's easier on your carers and your family if your brain function and memory is maintained. Right. So that's at the moment, that's what we're doing is maintaining brain function keeping people in the community and out of nursing homes. 
So it's important to know that the GP cannot initiate the medication for dementia. The GP will do all these tests I've discussed and then refer you to a specialist geriatrician who will do further intensive testing on your memory and then they will apply to start you on medication. But the GP's role is to exclude other causes of dementia and refer on to a specialist. Oh, right. That's good to know. Thank you. I know that some people in the earlier stages of dementia will get, be very anxious. Like Some people are very aware that they have got something going on and something's not right. And then there's an, apparently about 50% of them will have no idea that there's something going wrong. They still think they're living okay. So for those that are aware that they're forgetting things and things are going wrong, they become very anxious and sometimes depressed as well. So do we treat those symptoms separately as well? or So late-onset anxiety can be a hint that there is a dementia going on mm. and then when you actually treat the dementia and improve their brain function and their cloudiness leaves them, the anxiety will disappear as well. Anxiety can also be a separate problem. So it's really, that's when we need the specialist geriatric psychiatrist to determine is it pure anxiety or is it because of the cloudy brain from the dementia. Right. So so there is help and lots of things that we can do, as you said, improving your diet, improving your exercise, they're all going to help with that dementia diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go on to our third question then. Are there three stages? And if so, how long do they last? (laughs) (laughs) There are definitely stages and there is no set textbook rule to how long those stages are going to last for. It's different in everybody, partly determined by early treatment and what the patient's motivated to do to improve their lifestyles and the progression of the disease. We, You cannot say that in by this amount of time you'll be in stage three, you'll be in the nursing home at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, some, are very, some dementias are very quick and some are very slow. So it depends on which type of dementia that you actually have and whether you just have one type or several. Yes. Just a quick question. Is it the same for early onset dementia? Does it follow the same pattern as late onset dementia? No, I'd say that it is faster than the later onset dementia, that those patients will deteriorate quicker. And are you seeing a lot of early onset dementia people coming through your general practice? Not, no, I'd say not really a lot, but then the numbers of early onset dementia would not be that great that I would necessarily see one in five to ten years. Like I might see one at the end of this year or I might not see one for another ten years. So, Right, so that's good. That's not increasing at the same rate as the late onset. I think it is increasing because the awareness of diagnosis is there, um, but the numbers are still small and one GP may not see one case for many, for two decades or something like that. So numbers are small. Now, just that final part of that third question was about when do I need to get help? Because obviously coping with somebody who's living with dementia can be massively stressful because it can be continuous. So when should someone seek help? I would like them to seek help when the patient themselves are aware of it. I see that there's two parts to the early part of dementia. 
the part where the patient recognises the problem and the part where the patient doesn't and they're brought in by the family. So we can see them when the patient recognises it and accept the disease, then change towards dietary and exercise is much easier to institute. If the patient's not aware of the problem, then getting them to change things for their own benefit is very difficult. So it's getting help in that way. Is it good to also get help for their, the person who's giving the care? Because obviously the, the dementia, two people are living with dementia, one inside the dementia and one outside the dementia, if you like, and it's all about that partnership of the two of them. So if the, the person that's not got the dementia needs to have some tools in their toolkit to remain calm and stress-free themselves mm-hmm. so they can provide better care for the person living with dementia. Absolutely. Um, a lot of my focus is not so much on the dementia sufferer themselves but on the carer. So right. I need to keep the carer healthy and sane to be able to take care of my patient in the community and not get them into a nursing home. Right, so reaching out to their GP is is a really good thing to do. Asking this, asking the carer to go to the GP, unfortunately a lot of them will end up on antidepressants themselves because it is so stressful mm. and I see I see evidence of dementia in them by the end as well. The dementia sufferer needs that routine in life to ease their clouding of their brain mm. and to be less stressed and for the carer to provide that constant regimen actually takes away their brain function. Yes, and robs them of a bit of their life too, so they need to step out and be themselves for a while. Mm. Mm. And the hardest step is getting the patient into respite care for the first time because I believe all carers need four weeks without dependency on their shoulders to refresh themselves, um, but they're very reluctant to put their loved ones into care. Yes, there's a lot of guilt, I think, and um, shame in a way. Doing absolutely. that, isn't it? So it's so vital to keep on going. Mm, absolutely. Now, I do know that there in Australia we have, and I'll put the link in in the description of Carers Australia because I think they are a band of people that actually helps the carer mm-hmm. and gives them a little bit of respite as well. So um, I'll put that in the link for those that need it. Well, that's just about all we've got time for today. Uh, just to wrap up. We've talked about how it's important to go and visit the doctors early to get a diagnosis because it could be something else that's causing it and the doctor will do a lot of tests to rule out those other things that it could be. We talked about medication and how medication can help some people in the early stages for a much more pleasant journey and we've also learned that there are different stages to dementia but it's a very individual journey and some things will make it go faster and some things will make it slow down. So looking at the diet, exercise programs and keeping the mind active will help with those things. So thank you very much, Dr. O'Reilly, for giving us that insight into what it's like to your side of the fence and for taking time out of your busy day. Next time, we will be looking at brain changes and I think I might start with vision. So until then, I hope you found this useful. Thank you very much. Bye for now.